0: Welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports. If you like our show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five star rating and review on iTunes and send your screenshot to Pete Mundo at com, and he will get you one of these awesome Heartland College Sports koozies out in the mail. Before I start the show tonight, I just want to give a thank you to all of you guys out there on Twitter who helped us surpassed the 9,000 follower mark last night. We are at 9,071 followers as of 8 p.m. here on Wednesday night. We're really excited uh, just just how fast everything's growing. Obviously, we just welcomed four new teams into the Big 12 uh, officially at, at Media Days, and now we are adding four more schools in 2024 with Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado coming in. And so... Uh, with all you guys out there listening, we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. We're really excited to bring you guys the best big twelve coverage there is and uh for you new guys out there that have caught the podcast we're really excited to to welcome you guys into the heartland college sports family and we're really excited to bring you guys the best big twelve coverage out there so if you if you uh have friends or family that are that are tied into college football or softball or basketball or baseball. We cover those things as good as anybody out there for the Big 12, and so make sure you guys go check us out at com, uh, and thank you again for, for helping us do what we do and uh, keeping us uh, able to do those things. So tonight, we're going to kick things off talking about the top-rated 2024 class for the Big 12, and uh, if you want to take guesses, now is the time. I'll give you about 5 seconds. Okay, Oklahoma and Texas are out of it. This is not uh this is not those schools are are being ranked in the SEC in the 2024 class going forward. The top class in the Big 12 right now for the 2024 cycle is UCF. That's right. The Knights are the number 1 class in the Big 12 right now in 2024. Uh, they have 17 commitments in the class, nine of which are four-stars. That leads the Big 12 by quite a wide margin. We have uh, TCU in second as far as four-stars go. Uh, they've got five commitments from four-star players, uh, and even so, uh, TCU finds itself ranked eighth in the Big 12 right now. Uh, UCF has just done a fantastic job uh, bringing not only bringing in players, uh from from the state of from Florida and keeping them in-home or or in-house but they're going out to to places like Georgia and Texas and landing some of these big time kids uh from those states and and if you don't know Georgia has kind of slowly become one of these recruiting hotbeds that that championship rosters are built from obviously the Georgia Bulldogs having won the last two national championships uh those are predominantly Georgia kids on those rosters so uh, when we look on the list here, we've got Kylan Fox, wide receiver from Loganville, Georgia. Uh, Walt Claire Flynn, who is also from Loganville, Georgia. He is a interior offensive lineman. That's another four-star for those guys. Uh, you've got uh, Qu- uh, Qua song from LaGrange, Georgia. You've got Jacob Good from Fairburn, Georgia. There's, there's kids from Georgia up and down this uh, recruiting class already. And that's an exciting thing if you're a UCF fan. But that should also excite you if you're a Big 12 fan, because this is a team that is recruiting the state of Georgia well, and they play in your conference. So that gives you something of an inroads, not only into the state of Florida, but but also the state of Georgia, which is exciting. Um, that's a team that, that you look at, and, and you probably wouldn't think they would lead the Big 12 in recruiting rankings right now, simply because they were in the, the American last year, but, but They certainly are. They're doing really well right now, and they lead the Big 12 class. Uh, Just behind them is Arizona at number two. They have the number or the only uh, five star commitment in the Big 12 at this point in Elijah Rushing. He's an edge player out of Tucson, Arizona. He's the number eight player overall in the class, number one edge player, according to 247 Sports. Uh, You've got Texas Tech at number three, Cincinnati at number four, and West Virginia at number five. Um, each of those schools have at least 18 commitments. So they're really starting to, uh, fill out the rest of their classes. Um, meanwhile, you've got schools like TCU and Arizona state, Oklahoma state, and Iowa state, uh, who are starting to get into that 13, 14, 15, 16 range, um, as far as commitments for the class. And so I would be surprised if you don't see them move up just a bit. Um, and really this is an exciting time if you're a big 12 fan, because there's a lot of newness. There's a lot of things going on, and it's it's really got to do with conference realignment. We look at, at the landscape and just what's happened in the last several days. Let's just run down the list. Over the last two weeks, we have seen Colorado leave the Pac-12 and head to the Big 12. They were the first to do so. They called George Klyavkov's bluff uh, after, over, after over a year of waiting for some sort of media rights deal that never came. Uh they they said, All right, our best option is to go to the Big Twelve, and that's what they did. Then uh just about a week later, we started to hear reports that uh they weren't gonna be alone, that the Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah um were the favorites to follow them with, with the Wildcats being the most so and then you also started to hear reports that Oregon and, and Washington were going to join USC and UCLA out in the big out in the Big Ten. Um, Friday morning, whenever the meetings happened, uh, and and um uh, you know, tried to bring everybody back together after Tuesday's meeting didn't end with a deal. Uh, it, it ended up kind of being a farewell of sorts because going into the meeting, it sounded as if. Uh, they were going to be able to work things out. That was not the case. Uh, Oregon and and Washington uh, then decided that they would head to the Big Ten, which meant Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah were headed to the Big 12. So now the Pac-12 is left uh, at just the Pac-4 with Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, and Stanford left, and uh, that's it. I mean, the the Pac-12 is is officially – you can you can write down the time. The Pac-12 is dead. It, it may end up uh, absorbing or merging with the Mountain West, but as far as being a Power Five conference, that term is no longer viable. Uh, we have four power conferences, and I would not be surprised if that number shrinks again before too long, uh, just with some of the things going on out in the ACC. But before we get to them, let's talk about what this does for the Big 12. What this does for those schools in the Big 12? First of all, the the main point here with recruiting is those four schools now have teams that they will play against in the state of Texas, which if you don't know, the state of Texas is arguably the recruiting capital of college football. You could throw Florida in there, California in some years, yes, but Texas... Is where we have seen a lot of of the top recruits in the country come out of, and uh, now you've got now you've got an inroads to that state if you're if you're one of the former Pac-12 schools that's that's in the Big 12 now you've you've got inroads to to get out there and and make a dent in in uh, on the recruiting trail in the state of Texas. Now the competition is going to be stiff. Uh, it's not going to be easy for you guys because that's where the Big 12 likes to get a lot of its talent. And obviously with Texas going to uh, the SEC, uh, Oklahoma going to the SEC, and then obviously Texas A&M already there, uh, there are a lot of players uh, that will play SEC football from the state of Texas as well. So uh, it's not going to be easy, but it's just there's more competition now. There's more uh, teams that are going to dip into that state and try and fill their rosters there and uh that that's a good thing for the state of Texas it's a good thing for for the Big 12 uh and hopefully it, it keeps more of those players at home uh and allows us to to have uh you know even more talent in the Big 12 uh, to cover but but what it also does is Arizona the state of Arizona has become a really really good uh recruiting area for for quarterbacks for for uh skill players uh, we saw B. John Robinson come out of out of Arizona. Spencer Rattler was an Arizona guy. Uh I believe Bl- uh, Brock Purdy was also an Arizona guy. These are guys that we uh are seeing uh in the NFL and, and then obviously Rattler's the starting quarterback at at South Carolina now. So these are guys that we have seen make really, really big um buzzes as as recruit as recruits, as players. And uh they all came from the state of Arizona, so these are there are more ties now for the Big 12 to to head that direction uh and head west and start looking for recruits there. So this is it's a really exciting uh uh development for for Big 12 football as far as recruiting goes um and it's exciting for for those schools as well obviously because they they've got a home uh after after the Pac 12 uh went up in flames last week. So um what it also does is with with UCF being in the in the state of Florida that's another recruiting hotbed that you could at least uh maybe start dipping into a little bit it's still far away from home you know obviously there's going to be uh some some things there that cause issues just as far as proximity but but when you look at having a team in the state you have one in UCF and that allows some of those other schools to start dipping in and, and looking for uh for talent to to bring into the Big Twelve and other places besides UCF. So uh it, it's a good thing for the Big Twelve. This is this is exciting. It's obviously additive or or Brett Yormark would not have done it. Um and, and when you look at, at what it does for uh for college football as a whole, uh that might be a completely uh completely different feeling. Um and, and we'll get to that when we close this when we close the show here. But but first, let's talk about what's going on over in the ACC last week, uh, and really even before that, we've we've heard lots of rumors about Florida State looking to get out of of the ACC any way that it can. Uh, and I believe it was a it was a, a school executive, maybe a board of regents, uh, a chairman that said that it wasn't really a matter of if, but when the Seminoles leave the ACC. Now that's a strong statement. But uh I don't think that they're 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 playing any games there. I think that that's true because when you look at what the ACC is making and uh even if they do unequal, unequal uh revenue shares, Florida State's still falling behind its in-state rival in Florida. Obviously, everybody in the SEC is making uh much greater money from their TV deal than anybody in the acc is right now and so when they look at that uh they see it as the gap widening still um and i just think that that uh florida state is is going to try and find a way out of there and, and i think clemson's probably somewhere right in the same realm uh given the the brand that they've become in football but uh the acc is is reportedly looking to add a few schools um while all of this is going on, there are uh, reports of, of California and Stanford, uh, Cal Bears, I guess, <laughs> California, Cal Bears, same difference. Uh, they're looking to add Cal and Stanford potentially and SMU out of the state of Texas. So let, let's sit there for a second. Does it make any sense to you that, that teams from the state of California are headed to the Atlantic Coast Conference? teams that are in a state that borders the Pacific Ocean are looking to join the Atlantic Coast Conference potentially. Uh, That just shows you where we're at in college football right now. Regionality is out the window. It's gone. I I don't think that we're going to get it back, unfortunately. Uh, And that really stinks for the sport. Um, but, But when we're looking at this, if and when those schools end up in the ACC, if that does happen, we have officially which you could probably say this now uh you've you've reached a stage where you've got four four programs or four conferences that have 16 programs or more so this super conference thing that we've heard thrown around over the last decade and a half it's a real thing and we we are we're on the precipice of it it's right here and uh i think we're seeing it play out before our very eyes What's interesting is where, where do we go from here? Because when you look at all of the different things that are going to change because of conference realignment, um, it's going to have a major impact on what our sports look like before too long. So we've talked a little bit about recruiting in the big 12. Um, you know, obviously if, if the ACC is to add SMU and Cal and Stanford, um, you know you've got players and and recruits from all over the country uh that would have the option to play within a conference uh that is primarily located on the east coast, but you'd have players from the state of texas and, and from the state of California being able to play in the a c c which is just odd to say uh it gets the it gets the a c c into the California market as far as television goes it also gets them into uh dallas fort worth so if they do deem this an additive thing. And and they do decide to go that route. Um, you know, obviously that's going to change things even further, but really the big thing is, is man, this is going to change a lot. Like you talk about recruiting, but, but think about the travel costs. Uh, Washington, uh, looked at the travel costs and said it's going to cost us around $10 million a year just in travel for our teams. You know, everybody thinks about football but but nobody's talking about the effects that this is going to have on on basketball for for women's basketball, men's basketball, for baseball, for softball, uh, for all of these Olympic sports that that you know don't get nearly the publicity that that football does. This is going to be really tough. It's going to present a lot of challenges. Just imagine, you know, when you look at as a former student athlete, it's really difficult to balance school life. and and athletics together just just in general but when you add in uh cross-country travel just for uh, a midweek game that's incredibly difficult um you know florida or football doesn't necessarily feel the effects as much because it's it's one game a week uh typically on saturdays so you have a full week to to get things prepared and and get back and get your your affairs in order but as far as 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 playing baseball or softball if you've got a 3 game series on the weekend uh and you've got finals coming up you have to study you've got to find ways to to make school a priority still but you're stuck in an airport or on a plane uh you know for 5 6 hours at a time uh several times a week potentially that's really difficult and i just don't know how they're going to make this work um the powers that may that be that make these decisions. I don't know how, uh, how much they took that into account whenever we started playing this game of, uh, of chess now that, that we're in. And so it'll be really interesting to see how that ends up playing out because right now that there, there, you can speculate, you can take a guess, um, you can hope for the best, but there's really just no way of knowing what it's going to look like until it gets here. And, uh, that day is, is is July 1, 2024. That's when all of this is going to take place. Uh, conferences are not going to look the same. College football is not going to look the same. And look, I'm not trying to doom uh, here. I'm not trying to, to tell you that, that they're not going to be enjoyable products still. I do think that they will be. Um, I'm just curious to see what positives come out of this. Uh, because a lot of what we're hearing is, is the negatives. What, how is this going to to affect uh the student athlete on the day-to-day basis? It's it's gonna be really difficult for me to hear a positive spin on that until I hear it from an athlete themselves. So um from a perspective of of uh what we've got going on today uh, that that affects us here in the next uh several days, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show here with uh with some commitments that are coming up. Uh we've got several of the top commitments or top players in the country committing over the next few days, with it being Wednesday, August 9th. We've got two big time uh commitments happening tomorrow on Thursday, August 10th. Uh the first of those being Colin Simmons, who is uh one of the top edge players in the country, if not the top edge player in the country. Um, he play, he plays for Duncanville High School out of uh out of Duncanville Texas and is is looking like somebody that uh is going to be a real nightmare for um uh, quarterbacks at the next level he is chi- he is choosing between LSU and Texas um Miami is also listed as a finalist there but this looks like a two horse race with LSU and Texas right now and i would be really surprised uh, if Miami It would be very surprising if Miami, as a finalist, uh, is the pick here because we've really only heard about the Longhorns and the Tigers as of recently. Uh, This is split pretty much right down the middle. Texas folks feel really good about uh, the Longhorns landing him. LSU feels really good about the Tigers landing him. I'm going to side with LSU right now, um, and I'll get get into more in just a second on why, but I do think that he's going to end up being a Tiger. Um, and uh, you know this is a guy that that's that's listed at six foot three, two hundred and twenty five pounds, um, and is is the number twenty seven overall player in the country, uh, according to two four seven sports. According to the composite ranking, he's the number eight overall player. So this is a big time get uh, for whoever lands him. I think it's going to be LSU, and my reasoning for that is he has a teammate at Duncanville by the name of Caden Durham, who is also committing. On uh, August 10th, and his finalists are LSU, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M. Now, Oklahoma was seen as the leader for a long time there. Uh, Then Taylor Tatum, the number one overall back in the in the 2024 class, uh, he picks the Sooners over over USC, and LSU gets him on campus. And uh, it's looked like they they had a really profound impact on him and on his recruitment because he is. He is heavily favored to end up at LSU, and I think he will. I think LSU is going to land both of those guys on the 10th. It's going to be a big day to be a Tigers fan, and uh, that certainly helps a class that is trying to break into the top 10. Sitting at number 11 right now, I think they will be well within the top 10 heading into tomorrow with uh, their first five-star commitment of the of the class, and then obviously Caden Durham just behind him there. Uh, and then the third and final commitment we're going to talk about tonight is uh arguably the top overall player in the in the country, uh depending on, on what uh on who you look at. On three's got him as the number one overall guy. Uh 24-7 Sports has him as the number three overall player in the country. Either way, he's the best defensive line re- uh recruit in the in the country and that's Williams uh Winnery out of Lee's Summit North in uh in Lee Summit North uh high school in in Missouri and this race has become very interesting. At one point, this was an Oklahoma-Tennessee uh, race. Then it became a Georgia-Oklahoma race, with Georgia getting a lot of, of juice there for a minute. Uh, and now it's become a Missouri-Oklahoma uh, race. And Missouri has made this really interesting here at the end. They've made a big jump, and it looks like they are uh, you know, making a push here to, to make this a a photo finish for, for the top overall player, uh, in the country. And, and look, they've got, they've got proximity going for them. Columbia is right down the road. Uh, parents would love to have him there and they've got a, a nice shiny NIL deal for him. But, but the relationships have been built in Norman, uh, Oklahoma's playing the NIL game well, and this is a, this is a race that I see ending well for, for Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is going to land him on the 14th. Um, this is, is more a gut feeling than anything else. I just think when you've, when you've had somebody as consistent as the Sooners have been in his race, uh, I think at the end of the day, that's going to be what prevails. Uh, especially if Oklahoma is doing their best to, to play the NIL game and make sure that, that, uh, Missouri isn't leaving them behind in that aspect. And that's, that's, uh, that's all we're hearing right now. So, I think Oklahoma lands uh, williams Nwari and I think that uh, Colin Simmons and Caden Durham are headed to LSU, uh, those being three of the biggest commits coming up in the next few days. Obviously, by the time we record next week, we will have more uh, on those guys uh, and and the next guys coming up to commit as, as August starts to get into the swing of things uh, with commitment season right on top of us. And then before you know it, it'll be time for college football. We've only got a few weeks left until – uh, tell me leather and we see real college football games happening. Um, it's right around the corner, folks. I hope you're ready for it. Uh, we certainly are. And that's going to do it for us here tonight. We really appreciate you listening into the show uh, and coming back each and every week. And remember, if you like the show, just consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And if you do that, you might as well take a screenshot of it and send it to Pete Mundo because Uh, these koozies, these koozies are pretty sweet. You'd really like to have one for, for Saturdays, uh, keep your beverage nice and cold. They're high quality. This is not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and rip this very easily. So, uh, get you one of these by, by sending your screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. He'll get one of those out to you in the mail. And, uh, and again, thank you guys so much for, for following us, uh, on Twitter and Facebook. We really appreciate, uh, the support that we've gotten over the last several weeks. We've really grown and we're excited about it. So. Um, we, we really like doing this and we're so glad to cover the big 12 better than anybody. Uh, and that's because you guys just keep coming back for more. So, uh, we thank you guys so much and, uh, we will talk to you next time. I am Brian Clinton and we will see you next time out here in the portal.